you miss me? I know I haven't missed too many people. I mean, L.A. has been quite lovely. I yeah, should yesterday. say, I should say so myself. See, you interrupting the cold. Don't yeah, yeah, you well, watch well, about. Whatever. Let me tell you something well, right now. Why do I miss you? You're on TV all the time. I'm good. I'm good. I have to admit, you know, a little you, you know, every now and then, you know, you're a little complicated with the shirt, with the jacket. But today, the suit with the shirt is working, big boy. I think it's working. I think it's working. By the way, I just think it's important to tell the audience this. Outside of we gonna get to the NFL and the NBA because the Lakers got stomped last night. Whatever. I think it's very important I have to tell the audience. You're taking a shot. We had to spend the last minute or so making sure Molly got lotion for her hands because mm-hmm. she was a dry ass. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's actually my leg. Yeah. She got this. Got in a fight with a, fight with a snowman. How about that? How about that? First Listen, I was in a rush. I got out of the shower and I ran here. Yeah. That's rough. How you doing, Molly? I'm How you doing? It's V Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Belvano's fight against cancer. And he tells me I'm going to be more aggressive tonight. You know, I say, well, you know, I tell you that every day. Boy, that's a clash with two premier big men in the NBA. And B, now 9 of 15. We expect it out of him. He's really good at basketball. I'm going to keep telling you all that. I mean, you know, I ask me at every other game. And the Sixers win by 44. He needs to change. You know, it's not enough to happen again. A lot. He said, what do you protect him? I said, a lot. First take live from L.A., where things were not good for your squad. Ooh, a little rough, a little rough, right. a little rough batch. Well, we're going to get to Monday plays. Night Football in a minute. Jeff Saturday will be here with us, but but let's let's start with those mm-hmm. Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, would you relax? <laughs> L.A. was in Philly where the Sixers handed out a beatdown. The Lakers' 44-point loss to the 76ers is the worst in LeBron James' 21-year career. All right, ask what needs to change in order for that to not happen again. Listen. As you're sitting over there on the bench in the fourth quarter and you're watching it really get out of hand, what's going through your mind about what needs to change for this to not happen again? What needs to change in order for not to happen again? Mm-hmm. A lot. You said a lot needs to change. Is there anything specific you feel like needs to change? You said a lot. You say I would in particular. I said a lot. All right. I say, tell me, what needs to change for the Lakers? <sighs> well, like he said, a lot. Um, they were pretty awful. First of all, let's understand something here. Joel Embiid had a triple-double in three quarters. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah. where's Anthony Davis? Where's Anthony Davis? I mean, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Because when you're going up against Joel Embiid, you're supposed to do something to remind the basketball world, you know what, I'm an elite big man in this game. And the best way to do it, Shannon, is to go up against the reigning league MVP who has to happens to be a seven-foot-one big man, arguably one of the most, no, without question, one of the most talented big men this game has ever seen. Correct. One of the most elite big men the game of basketball has ever seen in Joel Embiid. So let's just get that out the yeah. way. That's number one. Number two, 76 is 47.8% from three-point range. Hitting 22 of their 46. Three points. Where's your three-point defense? I'd like to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. So let's get that out the way. That's number two. Number three is this interesting stat, Shannon, that I looked up here right here. Do you know that the Lakers are dead last in the NBA in second-chance points per game? Mm. At 9.4. 
Meanwhile, they're dead last um, in the NBA in opponent second chance points and I at 18. So they double they they double up. So in other words, again, is there somebody that oh. believes in second chances? Clearly, the Lakers do. Yeah. They believe in okay. second chances yeah. for everybody but themselves. Second and third too. Yeah, how about that? And so <laughs> you take all of those things into consideration. It's just one game. Yes. It's the regular season. Yes. But when you roll up on the road and it ends up being the worst loss of the illustrious career of LeBron James, you know that's problematic. Particularly, yes, one thing to point to the threes and they were hitting threes and the Lakers were only hitting 25% of their threes, 7 to 28 for the game. But to me, again, I'm looking for somebody other than LeBron James to be able to stop the bleeding when they're bleeding. And last night was the latest example of them being devoid of a person who is willing to do that. <clears throat> I can't say that I disagree with anything that you said, but I don't want to overreact. I think right now, Stephen, I'm not so sure the Lakers are not putting more emphasis on the in-season tournament than they are these regular season games. Mm -hmm. Remember, they're 4-0 in the in-season tournament game. Right. And with an opportunity to win that, I think that's going to speak volume. We remember last year, they started off how bad they started off last year, Stephen A. And they still were able to make the playoffs and not only make the playoffs, advance to the Western Conference Finals. So I, I don't want to get too carried away. But what's happening is kind of the same thing that happened last year. Let, let's see when Vando gets back and, and, and uh, Benson get back. Can they stop some of this bleeding? Because what's killing them is dribble penetration. Because the guys are getting into the lane and they're kicking the wide open threes. Now, they had the Sixers made 13 threes in the first half. Okay. And at some point in time, you can't say, okay, they're not going to continue to shoot. Because clearly that night, they had it going. They made 22. And so you could see guys were getting into the lane. And it cost them a game against the Mavericks. Because what did Austin Reeves do? Uh, Luca got to the lane, he kicked it to Kyrie, and Kyrie drilled a three. And so at some point in time, you're just going to have to tell the guy, hey, guy, bro, you got him today. I can't help you. Because what's happening, Tyrese Maxey had it going. Joel Embiid is going to have it going regardless because he's going to get to the free throw line 20 times a night. So even if you do a great job on him, he's done a great job of being able to fool the refs into making, making them think you're fouling him, even sometimes when you're not. So I don't want to overreact, Stephen A., but it was a horrible loss. LeBron, this is the first time in almost 14 years LeBron has played what he played and didn't have a rebound. Now, there weren't a whole lot of rebounds to grab because they didn't miss, but you got to give me one. Well, listen, you got LeBron James. He's your, he's your leading scorer at 18. Nobody scores over 18 points, and, that, and LeBron James had 18. Right. That's kind of pathetic. Right. That's number one, because even though they're making shots, what's stopping you from making some shots? But he what's only took like 12. You? I understand that, but what I'm talking about is the team. I'm not talking about LeBron oh, yeah, James. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the rest of the Lakers. What stopped you from making sure that you were efficient offensively? And I think we got to take a moment right now to give some love to the Philadelphia 76ers yeah. in this regard. Things have changed in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Maxie has elevated his level yeah. of play. The level of chemistry that you were looking for them to have, they the addition by subtraction, because clearly not having James Harden there is helping Maxi. it's helping Tobias Harris, it's helping the rest of them. Joel Embiid is still looking like a league MVP. Yeah, Let's yeah. get that out the way. Nick Nurse has elevated the pace of play for the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's, it's one thing for Maxi to play at a particular speed, because he always does. But it's another thing entirely for collectively as a unit, as a team. They push the pace. And so you've got Joel Embiid. Everybody knows to go to Joel Embiid mm -hmm. when it's time. But you got Joel Embiid encouraging other cats to take shots. Right. Take the shots. I gave you the ball for a damn reason. Push the ball up the floor. Be in attack mode and take those shots. Nick Nurse has got them playing a brand of basketball that is working for the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see 
how Boston and Milwaukee responded to that challenge. I was at the game last week when Philly when Philly uh, played uh, uh, Boston. And right. Boston, we, they had lost to Philly the week before, came back, beat them in the thriller uh, a couple of weeks ago, Wednesday rather, you know, two weeks ago from tomorrow. And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, look, man, I got to pay attention to this. Philadelphia is coming. I got to give them their respect. Right. Well, they got a big man that can dominate. They, nobody has an answer in the NBA, let alone the Eastern Conference for Joel Embiid. So that goes without saying. He's going to probably give you somewhere around 30 and 10, 30 and 12. Okay, now Tyrese Maxey looks to be a budgeting superstar. He's a star, budgeting superstar. But, Stephen A., do you believe they're going to make 22 threes? you believe they're going to make somewhere between 15 and 20 threes a night? I don't. Right. I think that was an aberration last night. Give them credit. Seemingly, the Lakers, look, the Lakers took their foot off the gas. Once they see they weren't going to come back, they emptied their benches. And, fill, and the Sixers' bench is like, this is our opportunity. We're yes. probably not going to get this many But you're speaking collectively. What yes. I'm saying to you is, what about a guy like Anthony Davis going against a reigning league MVP that plays your position, and he drops a triple-double on you personally in three yeah. quarters? Yeah, what yeah. About that, Shannon. You, you, you're right. You're right. And, and, and all the publications that I've been reading and right. what I've been reading is Anthony Davis is the defensive player of the year thus far. He's averaging about three blocks a game. He's giving you 12 rebounds a game. But last night, you saw the size advantage. You saw the weight advantage. Joel Embiid, he's allowing Joel Embiid to catch the ball too deep. You can't. What you going to do with that man? The man's 72, 300 pounds. I'm he gets also, you on his backside, it's I over. Al I also saw Joel Embiid in the lane with the footwork shooting fadeaway jump yeah. shots. I saw him pulling up for a three. I saw him putting the ball on the floor and driving by Anthony Davis as well. Let's not act like he just put his backside on Anthony Davis, and that is what happened, Shannon. Stephen A., if a man is seven foot two inches tall right. and he's making 15, 18 foot of no, <laughs> That's like Kevin Durant. Right. Man, he make your jump shot. Okay, and right, right. it's over. Right, so. But don't worry about that. You know, go to get it fixed. If anybody can get it fixed, go to get it fixed. Go to get it fixed. Yeah. Go to get it Watch fixed. This. I bet yeah, we went to the What's the plan to fix it? What's the plan to fix it? Yeah. We worried about the in-season tournament. Yeah. Oh. We, that's what we worried about. What y'all going to say when we win that, Stephen A? Well, you know what made me laugh? Wait, hold because on. Molly asked you the question, and you repeated the question like you were Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Oil. yeah that's Oil. like what they do in the pageants. <laughs> like, how, can I, how do you plan on saving yeah. the world? Well, I, I plan on saving the well, world with the Well, the thing. I was looking at the rundown. What happened was, I was looking at the rundown, and I didn't expect Molly to ask me that question. See that question we call audible on yeah. this program see, called First I see, baby. But you know what? So you, you care about the in-season tournament? Yes. Good. Okay. Yeah, we're about to get this Yes. We're going to win What kind of percentage would you put on that? 35. Lakers got a good chance. Oh, 35 percent chance to win. That's not confident. Molly, Lakers have a good chance. They've won their in-season tournament games by averaging 18 and a half points. They've won their in-season tournament games by averaging 18 and a half points. They do have a chance to win the game. But the bottom line is this. All of those in-season tournament games – count towards your regular season record with the exception of the championship game December 9th. Yeah. So let's not and let's not act like we get to ignore the beatdown that took place last night. <laughs> yeah, that's and one four, game. Four points. One game? Okay. One yeah. game out of 82, Stephen A., and you want me to get my feathers ruffled? Yeah. You know, okay, I'm a little hard. I'm a little you damn. You know, eight of the next ten are on the road right. until they host the Celtics Christmas Day. That's on ABC. Mm -hmm. Stephen A. will be a part of that. You'll probably be courtside eight, eight for ten, that one. Eight of ten on the road. Yeah. And then and then Christmas uh, Day? You're going to be the which game? The, okay, all these, all these, these games, which team has LeBron. Oh, that's the team I'm riding with. We finna do a demolition job on the, on the uh, Pistons. Oh, demolition Beat them job. down. Okay. Let's jam. Yeah. Beat your team down, beat the Knicks down too. Mm, I'm, starting to feel, I'm starting to feel sorry for my man Monty Williams. I mean, 14 straight losses in Detroit. Like, damn. Check clear? Yeah, uh, check clear. Okay. Check, right. check, check definitely clear. He, he gonna make sure to check clear. He be all right. You know, Monty is my brother. Yeah.
You want to get into the football game Let's last do it. night? Let's do it. Monday Night Football Ooh, right here on ESPN. The Chicago Bears, how about it, win 12-10 to 10 without a TD for the first time in 30 years as the Vikings fall to 6-6. Six and six. So teams were 0-28 this season when failing to score a touchdown entering the night. So the Bears are on track to end up with the top overall pick for the second straight year. Unbelievable. This time, it's courtesy of last year's trade with the Panthers for a 1-10 and just fired their head coach. Chicago could potentially have a pair of top five picks in April's draft. On that note, I'd like to bring in my friend, Jeff Saturday. Oh, What's up, Sergeant Friday? Hair looks amazing. We even got the one little curl you on see the that? forehead. You see that? He got that Fabio going oh, on. Oh, yeah, look at that. The baby blues. We got the, we got the, we got the whole deal. Jeff, I'm going to start with you here. Should Chicago move on from Fields and draft Caleb Williams out of USC? I don't think so. Listen, if, if you're the Chicago Bears, you have a lot of holes in this roster. And so if you can use that first pick to go get more, listen, you can build your offense around DJ Moore. How about you go get Marvin Harrison Jr., put him on the other side. You don't think that's going to help Justin Fields be a better quarterback? I can assure you it will. So you could build your roster, get two first, get two seconds, and actually look at this at the entirety of the team as opposed to just one player. When I think about even last year, think about Bryce Young comes in, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson all in the first four picks. One's on IR, one's one in 10, and one's balling. So you got a 33% chance. It doesn't matter if you put Caleb Williams in this exact same situation. Is he going to make the Bears a playoff team as a rookie? I don't think so. I think there's a lot of different holes they can fill in this football team. Trading away that pick and adding to your roster in totality, I think is a much better point of view than just trying to make one fell swoop with a Caleb Williams. Now, I'm going to say it this way, though, just to make sure that everybody understands. If for some reason you felt like Caleb Williams, Drake May, you name it, one of, any of these quarterbacks is, a, is an Andrew Luck, is a Peyton Manning, just, just a generational guy that's a can't miss, then I think you can't pass. But I think you leaving on or moving on from Justin Fields, I think in my, in, in my point of view, it's too early. Ride with him another year. Uh, see what he can do after you built that, that receiving core around him and then, and then see what you can do as a football team. Well, I'm going to disagree with you Saturday because I don't believe they're going to pass on two quarterbacks at the number one slot overall for the second time around. So why don't how about this? And I don't think Justin Fields would be all upset if he were to be moved out of That's Chicago. But you take Justin Fields and you package him, don't you think you can get at least a first and a third for him? And so now I'm in a situation where I can draft Caleb Williams. Also, I might have another top five pick and I can go get a Marvin Harrison or I can go get a Brock Bowers or I can go get neighbors out of LSU. I can get someone and pair with DJ Moore. You're absolutely right. You need more than one. But I just believe that uh 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 Caleb Williams is too great of a talent. And listening at people talking about him, that he's a combination between this, a Patrick Mahomes, and a Tom Brady, and he can make mm. every, three, every single throw. Now, you know, that's projecting. We don't know what he's actually going to be. But you got to project at some point in time what you think these kids can be. I just would move on. And I would try to get a first and a third, knowing that I have Carolina's number one pick, which looks like it's going to be number one overall. I still have my pick that could be top ten. And then if I trade, if I trade Justin Fields, I'll get another top ten quarterback. And maybe I use that pick to go get me a veteran player, a big-time veteran player. So, yes, I would be willing to move on from a Justin Fields and try and make my team better, and I'm going to use Justin Fields to make that team better. I'm taking Caleb Williams if I get the number one overall pick. Uh I totally agree with Shannon um, in that regard, Jeff, Saturday, because I think that you have to take into account 
what they were saying about Fields, you have to take into account the fact that it doesn't appear as if that's a place that he wants to be. To, he wants to be. And by the way, nobody's going to blame him for it, to be quite honest with you. We just have to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. And when you consider what you can get because so there's so many teams desperate for a legitimate qualified right. starting quarterback, then you never know what kind of con you know what, what what kind of compensation that you can get in return for his the services. Raiders. And just and the, the Jets, <laughs> don't get me started. Yes. The long term, when we're talking yeah. about it, who, who should have drafted them to begin with. Let's yep. not forget that. But here's the important thing to bring up about Justin Fields since his rookie start, right? Since his rookie season of 2021. Win-loss record, 7-26. and 26, yeah. Worst. Pass yards per game, 162.8. Dead last. Time sacked, 120 times. Second most in the NFL. Only Russell Wilson has been sacked more. Completion percentage, 61%. Only Zach Wilson is worse. Passer rating, 83.1. Only Zach Wilson is worse. The good. Rush yards per game, 56.1, which is second in the NFL to Lamar Jackson. He can run with the football, difficulty passing, difficulty keeping him protected. And on top of it all, it's a long road. And, oh, by the way, Ryan Poles, the GM, didn't draft Justin Fields. He came afterwards. Yeah. You understand? You got to take that into consideration as well. Shannon, are we sure Caleb I, I, Williams is that dude? Well, we, there's, there's no way to definitively know. And, and, and Saturday, since you, you were a head coach and you've been in a lot of these meetings where you're trying to project, there's no way to definitively know who is because look at Brock Purdy. He's Mr. Irrelevant, and he's turned himself into a damn good football player. Jalen Hurts. If, Jaylen, if people thought if, – if the Eagles actually thought Jalen Hurts was going to be what he is now, then he took him in the first round. So you don't know. But from what, all the things that I've heard, just uh, uh, Caleb Williams is a special quarterback, and he's as close to a layup as you're going to have. I don't believe anybody in this position would pass him up. So I think they're going to probably end up moving on from Justin Fields. And like you said, Stephen A., there are 13, 14 teams that needs a starting quarterback, Molly. And Justin Fields, gonna, he will fetch a first-rounder, or he would secure a first-rounder, no. a third-rounder. You don't think you'll get no, you don't think you'll get a first no. round for Justin Fields? No. No way, man. Listen, oh, yeah. general managers are way too smart. They know you've got all kinds of capital. They'll just wait you out. They know you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have to have pay his fifth year option or he's gonna sit and move on it. They're not gonna make some massive move to give you more capital. They wanna see you use your capital. Like general managers get that part as well. If they know you're moving on from somebody and gonna go somewhere with Caleb Williams, Drake May, or whoever else you think is in that top category, then you got to go. But here's my question. If you walk Caleb Williams into the same situation and it's Poles, Eberflus, the entire staff that they have right now on, no. uh, on offense, you think all of a sudden this thing just turns? Like no. at some point you got to go get, and listen, I'm with you on the Bowers. I'm with you on the Marvin Harrison Jr. Right When you look at these, these players are so dynamic. I think they help every quarterback. And when you think about Justin Fields, and you talked about the positive of him, Stephen A., the ability to run the ball. Think about he if he were put in Philadelphia's system. I'm not comparing him to Jalen Hurts, so don't everybody get all you know get all hurt about this. Fair but enough. if he's in that type of system where they are using the RPO with the majority of their stuff and they're finding ways and they're building this with Marvin Harrison Jr. on one side and Dar and, and DJ Moore DJ. as well, they already got but, Cole Komet at at, at, at uh, tight end. You have the ability to expand your offense. If but then Jeff. he doesn't perform. I'm with it, right? But but the, to, to just say, hey, we're going to 
to move on and go get somebody. Right. I just don't think it's a plug and play at that well, position. Well, I think that it takes a lot. First of all, let's talk about what you said about GMs. First of all, a lot of them are not that smart. They try to come across as if they're that smart. They're if they're geniuses, but so many misses. <laughs> a lot of them are not that damn smart. That's number one. Number two, and I think it's important to bring up your points that you just made because I don't disagree with any of them, but I'm saying it buffers to me Shannon's argument to some degree that you could potentially end up getting a first-round pick because of how you say Justin Fields could be utilized. You're going to look at Chicago. You're going to look at their coaching. You're going to look at their organization. You're going to look at some of the decisions that they've made, and you're going to sit up there and say that franchise has been pretty moribund in recent memory, and as a result of that, we believe that if we had our hands on Justin Fields, we could do a hell of a lot more. What do you think New England would be able, be willing to give up right now for a Justin Fields, considering what they've been dealing with with Mac Jones and, and, and Zappi? Think about that for a second. About the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers, even if he comes back and he comes back for another year what's the long-term future it ain't Zach Wilson I mean there are a plethora of situations that you could look at in the National Football League and say wait a minute Justin Fields might be a viable option we may be willing to go that route for and, him and here's the thing uh, uh, uh Saturday because if you say well we're going to wait and see what Chicago does now you lose control of where Justin Fields is going to go at least if I give up that pick, I can assure myself that I'm going to get him. Who's to say if he becomes a free agent, he's going to come to your team? How do you know that? Are you, or can you definitively, like Molly just asked me, yeah. can you definitively say that if Justin Fields is a free agent and I'm one of the 13 teams that could have given up a first-round pick, no matter where it is, that he's going to come to my team? At least you know if I give up that draft pick, I get his rights. Because if you – Hey, you know how it goes, Saturday, when you become a free agent. Normally, guys go to the highest bidder. They don't go to the best situation. They go to the highest bidder. And what's to say Justin feels like, you know what? They moved on from me. This is my opportunity to strike it rich. I'm going to the highest bidder. I'm just saying if I'm the Chicago and if everything is what I've been reading and what I've been hearing about Caleb Williams is true, I can't pass him up after I passed up Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud a year before. And you said, well, okay, give him one more year. There might not be another quarterback coming out in the next five years. Then what do I do? No. <laughs> there's always, always, you and I both, there's always quarterbacks, man. It, it, and we all, we always, always, they always quarterbacks. get elevated. They always, always quarterbacks. Get, listen, you watching Brock, the NFL Brock this year? Purdy. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Brock Purdy, who's Mr. Irrelevant? Did you see Jalen Hurts, oh. who was a second round pick? Do you, Have you, you see Bill Zappi? Have you seen Mac Jones? Have you play. seen Zach Wilson? Don't, Listen, what you don't want to do Trey Lance. is you don't want to value, you don't want to overvalue what a player can do because of the position. And that's what happens to quarterbacks all the time around draft. Sure. They have them sure. rated a certain way. They're going to be rated. And all of a sudden, they bump way up, and then teams pay the price for it. What I'm saying is you better, you, you better have conviction about that guy. And I'm telling you right now, there ain't any general manager of any of the 32 teams sitting there going, hey, I'm going to go give up a first-round pick for Justin Fields and go be able to defend that back to their owner and to their fan base. Everybody be like, wait a minute, why wouldn't we go find our own? You just said, so So when you're talking about what those picks are, they hold those things like a treasure chest, man. Those GMs, you see, otherwise we'd have a whole lot more trades in our game. Those guys always feel like they can pick better than what they've seen. They do not want to give up those first-round picks you know, you know for what a Jeff player Sadie, that Jeff may Sadie, or may not be right. You being yeah. slick, you ain't giving us an opportunity to get back at Hold you. On. You think you slick Saturday. trying to run out of time. Can I, can I you ask you this? You think Hold you on. slick. He just spent 15 minutes explaining to us how special Justin yeah. Fields is. Yeah. But now he's on the flip end. Ain't nobody going to give up anything for him because of why? Mm. If he's what I, you said he is. 
He's in a sit. What I'm saying is, you get Marvin Harrison Jr. with him, with DJ Moore. You already have commit. You already know what you have in a player. It's often better to keep your guys in building than try to go outside the building and put it on. You were with a team that always did that. They they always kept and developed their own. At some point, you trust what you have in house because you've mm. seen it up don't close. You, you know what we you got, have. We gotta go. Yeah. But don't you think it might be good for Justin Fields to have a change of scenery? Yes, I do. That's why I said I don't think I don't. By the way, his market value for his next contract, six years, $264 million, $43.9 million per year. I don't know if Chicago's going to be willing They're to do that. They're not paying that. And I can, get, paying that. I can get Kayla Williams for $40 million over five years. Okay. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X Card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. The Dallas Cowboys have been dominating folks, but Thursday won't be a cakewalk as Dallas hosts Geno and the Seahawks. Dak, you've been playing really well this season, right? What I say to myself is I, really, I haven't done shit, you know what I mean? It's um, regular season, numbers are great, we're getting wins, that's, what, that's what's most important, but at the end of the day we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. You hear that? Yes, I did. Do you agree with the photo range? For Prescott? once, for once I do. I do agree. I do ad- agree with Dak Prescott. He hasn't done bleep yet. I really, really uh, am proud of him for finally saying what needs to be said. I mean, the reality is, is that Dak Prescott, um, he's no scrub. He can ball. Uh, but in the end, there are moments, big moments, where he's come up small, which is, which is why it explains, uh, in part anyway, why the Dallas Cowboys haven't been in an NFC championship game, let alone a Super Bowl, since 1995. Mm-hmm. All right? It is what it is. And America's team worth $9 billion when the average team is worth $5 billion and stuff like that. Somehow, some way, the relevancy of the Dallas Cowboys comes into the forefront. But then I look at the da- Dak Prescott, and for all his numbers right here, and let's look at his numbers, da- uh, uh, Shannon Sharp, Jeff Saturday, uh, 70% completion percentage, 2,935 yards, Great. 23 touchdowns, just six, six interceptions. Great. Uh, a, a quarterback rating of 107, a QBR of 75. I mean, we got to give props where props is due Absolutely. on its surface, on its surface. But then Shannon Sharp 
Jeff Saturday. I get to look at this schedule. Put Jeff Saturday up on that screen right now. I want to see him. There he is. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Jeff Saturday. Uh, 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 the Giants to open the season, 40 to nothing. The Jets, uh, game two, 30 to 10. We, 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 we know who the Giants and the Jets are. I mean, the stench emanating out of New York. I mean, we get where it comes from. It comes from these two football teams. And then we see, uh, even though they lost to Arizona, a bad loss, then you play New England. Okay, that's a victory, okay? Uh, you know, you beat the Chargers. That was a respectable victory. You beat the Rams. That was a respectable victory. You lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. You played respectable in that loss. But here's what they got. New York, Carolina, and Washington. I mean, come on, y'all. Yeah. Come on, y'all. I gave you seven games, man. I gave you seven games. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are the only team in NFL history that we you know had a bye week for like four straight weeks. <laughs> I mean, this is what it is. They had a bye week. I mean, come on, they had four bye weeks, rather, in the same season. This is what we're talking about. So the fact that Dak Prescott is willing to come out and be honest and actually say something substantive during one of his media sessions, I think is breaking news. I've told people for years, Jeff Saturday, ignore the man. He said the same thing every time. What you said, what he said last week is the same thing he said his rookie year, seven, eight years ago. Who gets, I'm tired of listening to him. And then he comes out and he shocks me by finally saying something substantive during a press conference. He hasn't done bleep yet because they haven't played anybody, they haven't won against anybody yet. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, if you look at the, con- the context currently, you look and you read off all the things, the 2,900 yards, the 23 touchdowns, the QBR and the passer rating, all that's great. But what's the next step? Dak's been a rookie of the year. He's won the division title. He's gone to the Pro Bowl. So what's the next step? What's the next step in order to be considered a great or an elite-level quarterback? Go make a further playoff run and get this team to the Super Bowl. I don't think you're going to find very many people to, that, that will say Saturday the way this team is constructed that it's not Super Bowl caliber. You look at the quarterback position, they got C.D. Lamb, they got Brandon Cooks, they got Gallup, Ferguson is a budget and spoon maker. They've got guys. You look at the offensive line, you look at their defense, they take the ball away at a historic clip and they put it into the end zone. So this team is the way it's built is set up perfectly in order to win a championship. And you're right, Dak. Now it's time. You've had those regular season accolades, and you've gone to the Pro Bowl, and you've won the division. But the next step for you and this team is to take it to the next level. So I agree with what Dak is saying, that he hasn't done anything yet. And I love that he said yet because there's still an opportunity, not down the road this year, in order to get it done. Yeah, l- listen, I mean, you know, he- he's saying what he needs to say. But the reality is the dude has played the quarterback position better than anybody else since San Francisco. And that's just a fact. You can think whoever you want. Hey, by the way, who did the Jets beat? Who did the Jets beat, um, uh, Stephen A.? Who did they the beat? Eagles. The, the, the team that – okay, okay. So so you do actually have to go do? play the and Eagles, show up The Cowboys didn't beat them. The Cowboys didn't beat okay. them. But you, but you got to go show up every week, right? You got to go play, right? So you got to go play the Jets. You got to go play whoever it is that you were making fun of, the New Englands, the Giants, all that. And I'm not saying that he's played top-level talent. I, I agree with you on that. What I am saying is when he's played 
deficient talent. He has maximized what they do. And what in the interim they've done as a team is they have grown in confidence of understanding what each player needs to contribute. Whether that's Brandon Cooks, whether it is Ferguson, whether it's C.D. Lamb, whether it's Tony Pollard. What are we and what we are? What, what aren't we have the decisions that have been made playing against poor, talented teams. Now, they got a stretch run. They're going to finish the season <laughs> playing some dogs. You, you're going to see who they are. But yeah. Dak as a player Dak as a player has done everything that he can do and then some. He's like number one in the league outside the pocket. He's number one in the league at quarterback inside the pocket. He's number one in the league against man. Like every every metric that you're taking, he has played as well at that position. So to say I haven't done anything, I get it, right? Like he hasn't done because everybody's going to compare him or, or want to get to the playoffs. But make no mistake. Since San Fran, the Dallas Cowboys are a much better football team today than what they were then. And not just because of the loss to San Fran, because they lost to the Eagles, but they were a much better team and a much improved team. And to your point, Shannon, as far as the only thing I would say in any argument that we just said, I still don't think they're as good as San Fran or Philly. I'm right. just like when you structure them, like what with Dak, it, it, listen, from a team perspective, in totality, from every spot, the only difference I would say that I give a little more trust to the Cowboys is because of what Bland has been able to do. Their defense not only stopped, they're scoring points. Like if yeah. they can continue that, which I'm not sure. But, man, that right there will separate teams because on the defense, Dan Quinn has brought some, uh, and they are playing excellent football on that side. So they are more confident. They are going to have to go through a gauntlet of teams. But, man, Dak saying he hadn't done anything, the dude's played quarterback position better than anybody else in the game right now. That, that, that's, you, that's doing something. But Saturday, you played with a guy that was winning MVPs and was winning divisions, sure. and he didn't get the credit he deserved until what happened in 2009? Super Bowls. That's I right. mean, two, excuse me, 2000, 2007. 2006, because yeah. he won the year before Eli. In 2006, and he was every year in the Pro Bowl, every year leading the league in passing, every damn near every year Correct. leading the league in touchdown passes. But it wasn't until 2006 that he started getting the credit that he deserved. They, oh, great regular season. He's the greatest regular season quarterback ever. And MVP, the, MVP this and MVP that. Right. But when you're Dak Prescott and you have the impressive resume that he has in the regular season, the next step, in order for you to get the credit that you believe that you deserve, and everybody in Dallas and the Cowboy uh, uh, teammates believe you deserve. You're going to have to get this team to a Super Bowl, and you're going to have to win. It's as simple as that. Dak I Prescott, agree. second in the league to Josh Allen in TD passes. Completion percentage and passer rate is second to Brock Purdy, seventh overall in pass yards per game. On top of all of that, Dak Prescott customarily shows up in September, October, November, and even more so in December. And then January arrives. And he plummets. He takes a vacation? And so, no, no, he plummets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he plummets. And so all I'm trying to say is that different. I am not getting caught up in what Dak Prescott is, is, is doing. I respect the fact that he's doing it. I know he's doing it, Jeff, Saturday. Just like everybody that Molly talks about the curly hair, you being the second coming of Fabio with your blue eyes <laughs> self, okay? <laughs> Just like everybody looking at, you know, the, the Dak Prescott. Yeah, so what? Yes, he is doing his thing during the regular Fabio, season. But hilarious. he acknowledges he hasn't done bleep yet because he understands the standard. If there's anything as a cow 
Cowboy fans hater that should have me worried is that they have a quarterback that now recognizes he hasn't That's done enough sure. because he's been living okay. he's been living in fantasy land over the last eight years. He's finally come to reality <laughs> and recognize he hasn't done a damn thing yet when it really, really counts. So that should have people like me concerned. Okay. He has the fourth shortest odds to win MVP. I mean, that says something to me. Basically. He ain't win no damn MVP. All right. <laughs> Fabio, staying around for this one. I, I want to ask you guys this. So the Cowboys 8-3 and three on the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as are the Dolphins. Of the 16 combined wins between those teams, only one has come against a team that currently has a winning record. That was Miami's 50-point demolition of the Broncos, who just got above 500 this past Sunday. Shannon, it feels like the jury's still out when mm -hmm. we're talking based on competition with these two teams, but they look talented. Yeah. Bigger Super Bowl contender. Is it Miami or Dallas? I'm going to go Miami because what we've been echoing mm -hmm. up here this morning is because I believe the Cowboys will have a tougher time. I believe they have a tougher road to hoe getting through the 49ers and the Eagles mm -hmm. than, say, the Dolphins will have getting past the Ravens or Kansas City. Now, I, And I know, for me, Kansas City doesn't look as formidable because they might have to take their show on the road, something that hasn't had to happen in the Patrick Mahomes era. Lamar Jackson, we will, it remains to be seen if he can continue to play as well as he has in the regular season and take that to the playoffs. But when you look at what the Cowboys, the gauntlet, they would have to go through, uh, the 49ers probably have to go on the road to the 49ers their uh, game, what, two games behind the Eagles. So catching them, they're going to have to take their show on the road and possibly Miami would have home field. I think Dallas has the tougher road to climb to get to the Super Bowl. So I, I would say Miami is the biggest Super Bowl contender. Mm. Go ahead, Jeff, Saturday. I'm actually going the Cowboys here. And I'm going because the Dolphins, what I've seen from the Dolphins in their three losses are teams can limit their scoring prowess, right? Like, they're an incredible offense. It's a, it, it is a fun thing to watch. But in the big games that they've lost, I think they've, they, they've scored less than 20 points in each of those three losses. I would say if you're going to lean one way, and I get, the, I get the comparison of who they have to play, Shannon, and I, I fully agree. I think Dallas would rather play the Eagles twice than the San Francisco 49ers because of the matchup. However, the Cowboys' defense, to me, is what separates them. I, I, I'm not dismissing the Dolphins' defense, but the Cowboys' defense, the way that they have played, even after they lost Diggs, the way that they have played, they can get after the passer, which is going to be huge in the playoffs. They turn you over a significant bit, and they can score. Not only do they turn you over, they are taking picks and making them touchdowns with Bland right second. Or, you know, it, defensive MVP with all the touchdowns this guy has scored. So when you're talking about the capability in playoff games, I think defense matters, and I think they get give themselves the best chance. Do they have difficult opponents? I fully agree. I think they are the third best team in the NFC, but if they get hot at the right time, I think that gives you the best chance to go to the Super Bowl. Well, listen, here's what I would say to you. I would go with the Dolphins uh, uh, about this because even though there's a lot of stiff competition in the AFC, I don't think we can summarily dismiss Miami from the equation in the AFC. When we think about Baltimore, when we think about Kansas City, you got to put the Dolphins right in that conversation sure. at this particular moment in time. Especially with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, him being out in Cincinnati, obviously folding. We're watching Jacksonville and Houston on the come up, but we haven't elevated them necessarily above Miami, especially with that offense that they have in place. When I look at the NFC, I'm thinking about Philadelphia and San Francisco before I even think about Dallas. 
And so because of that is why I would go to route of the Dolphins with this particular right. question. Cowboys and Dolphins both 5-0 and at home this season. Uh, Miami hosts the Dolphins Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas feels Eve. Like a Miami hosts the Cowboys, you mean? Yeah, did I say Miami hosts the Dolphins? I think they're the same. That was a good story I told. But anyway, I'd like to go to that game. That's where I was going. All right. You wouldn't have wanted to go there if it was in Buffalo. Miami. I I love the great state of New York. Sure you do. I do. Sure you do. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Time for a quick take. Let's get it. No Murray, no Jokic, no Aaron Gordon, but still no win for the Clippers, who played at full strength and lost to the Nuggets 113-104 at home. Stephen A., does this say more about Denver or L.A.? Well, I think it's both, to be quite honest with you. Reggie Jackson did that thing. Well, he busted their living butt last night. He's a former Clipper. He's somebody I think should have never been gone from the Clippers. I loved him with the Clippers, but he's showing that he still got it. And DeAndre Jordan, the relic, comes off the bench and drops 21 and 13 in Jokic absence. So that's a plus for the reigning defending NBA champions. Shows that their depth and their togetherness as a team. But it also highlighted what the Clippers lack. The fact of the matter is you got stars that don't really look like stars and you've got chemistry issues there. James Harden, only 11 points, only attempted six or seven shots. I mean, why are you there if you're doing that? Yeah. I mean, what, what's that about? It wasn't like Hawaii. It wasn't like Hawaii dropped the hammer on nobody. Right, right, right. PG. 
They got a bunch of guys and no leaders. Russ right. is their leader, and he should have never been relegated to the bench. Never. Never should have been never. relegated to the never. bench. James Harden totally got agree. there late. Let James Harden come off the bench. I agree. But Russ being the teammate that he is, says, I will do it since nobody else wanted to take that role. Correct. All right. Since right. Kawhi and PG came to L.A., they've lost eight straight to Denver. Speaking of Russ, uh, Russell Woodsbrook said he will not tolerate fans saying anything personable about him, excuse me, personal about him or his family after engaging in a heated exchange with a fan at the end of the Clippers' loss. Here's Russ on not taking any nonsense. It's unfortunate fans think they can get away with saying anything, and I won't, personally, I won't allow it. I've took a lot of, you know, people saying anything and, you know, getting away with it, but uh, I won't stand for it. Talk to me. What's your reaction to all that? I'm, I'm disappointed that Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook. is in these situations. Mm -hmm. I want to say that. I'm not blaming him. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I'm emphasizing that. Uh, there are fans that go a bit too far. Yes. There are fans that say things out of pocket. And in Russell Wilson's, in Russell Westbrook's Bruce. defense, mm -hmm. they say stuff they would never say to his face if you didn't have people as intermediaries blocking stuff. If they had to confront him, you they You saw him do walking that. down the street, you wouldn't right. say what you, you would, said to him in the game. There you go. You would not do that. And so you got a whole bunch of punks out there that would, that, that would be that way. I'm not calling that particular fan one. I'm just saying that you got a whole bunch of punks that's in the stands that are paying customers. Having said that, here's where my problem is with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a gazillion times better as a human being than people realize. Yeah. But the yeah. reason people don't realize it is because of him. Because he wears this, 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 this chip on his shoulder where it's the media, it's the fans, and to him, everyone's against him. But mm -hmm. he had Outside. some crazy incidents where they were, like, threatening his family. Well, well no, 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 no that's that. what I'm saying. Well, we know that they were wrong about that. Yeah, and he saying, was right. like, In Philadelphia, somebody throwing popcorn on him. Yeah, yeah, and Utah, yeah. that fan yeah, saying something yeah, to him. Yeah. yeah, I have no doubt that Russell, saying, Russell when Westbrook. When your safety's been threatened, you kind of Russell Westbrook, yeah, but in his, in his situation, last night wasn't about his safety being threatened. And the fact of the matter is, is that you have situations. And look right there, somebody, somebody touched him and he swung like that. It's like you just look at him and you just say to yourself, listen, Russell Westbrook contributes a lot to his community. He's very philanthropic. He's very charitable with his time, his effort, his energy. He's conscientious. He's a conscientious observer. He's an all-around good brother that is about so much more than people realize. And if Russell Westbrook took the time to really let you know who he was and who he was about. Mm -hmm. The appreciation for him, Molly, Shannon, would elevate to such extremes you would not. I don't really talk to Russell Westbrook and all of that other stuff. He's not an enemy or anything like that. You know, he's always been respectful to me the whole bit. Mm -hmm. But we don't really rap like that. He's one of the best brothers you can find mm -hmm. in professional sports. It's just hard to see it. Because, because his shield, he keeps it, he, up. He keeps it inside, mm -hmm. he hides it, he protects it, and sometimes that makes him a target. Right. And I wish he saw that sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes I think fans realize, they, they realize that Russ is easily triggered. Right. And so sometimes I think they come to the game, Molly, they with him. that. To try to get that. We saw Shaq Lawson and a couple of guys with the Buffalo Bills get into it because they say they felt their family was being threatened. They felt that the fans were saying things yeah. out of pocket. You're talking to a guy that went to a Laker game and I had my run in with the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. And it wasn't so much what I said is that 
I'm the adult in the room, Stephen A. I'm supposed to turn the temperature down. So no matter what was said to me, I'm supposed to bite the bullet. But I do get that sometimes you have to understand, like in a football game, People go two hours before the game, and they have a couple of cocktails. And they throughout the entirety of the game. (laughs) And so now all of a sudden I see a football player, well, he don't look that big. I think I can can take him. You sorry, you know what, your your mama this and your kids that. Now we got a problem. Right. Now we got a problem. But in Russ' situation, Stephen, I think you're right. I think because he wears his emotions on his sleeve, he ain't going to take no slight. None. He ain't letting nothing, nothing. pass. Nothing. You talk about his wife. You talk yeah. about his kid. And you that's say, what I think he's saying. You say something out of pocket. Right. He going to step to yeah. you. Right. So what I've learned in that situation, fans, look, right. I don't care. We got to stop this notion, Stephen A., mm-hmm. because this is what fans think. Right. God makes $50 million, I should be able to say what the hell I want to say to cannot. No, no. You, you make what you make. People don't come to your job and abuse you. That's why I get upset when people go uh, to the service center and feel like they, they go to these fast food restaurants and you can say whatever, you can right. throw whatever you want. To. No, don't do that. That's right. Just because someone makes a lot of money, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you can right. verbally abuse them. Yeah. Right. Let me say this, though. You're absolutely right. And some people, to be, the, 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 as my man Joe Madison would say, put it where the goats can get it. Some people deserve their ass kicked. No yeah, question about sure. it. No yeah. question about it. Right? And we're not, provo- we're not condoning violence, but sometimes people can bring it on themselves. We understand. Having, having said that, here's the issue, though. There are times where if somebody said something to you, right? Right. Then tell us what they said. Right. And, and we don't hear that. When I was in Indianapolis and they went at Allen Iverson, I was standing in the tunnel when the dude spewed the N-word at him. Right. I was standing right there. I heard it. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. So when Allen Iverson said what the guy said, I, I mean, I was an eyewitness to it. Right. My point is, a lot of times you see guys and they'll say the fan said something. What exactly did they say? Right. Because if well, they offended you that much. maybe he doesn't want to expose it or they offended his expose family. Expose you got to expose it. No, got... but what if they said something about his wife or his family? He doesn't. Say that. Yeah, uh, but he doesn't saying, want to add my, my, more my, attention Molly, sometimes, to it. Sometimes, in other words, if you're going to get yourself in the lion's den like that, right. you people need to know why. Right. Yeah. They need to know what triggered you. Yes. That's what I'm I, saying. I agree. I don't fault I agree. Right, right. I think he's just but like, like I said, no one's going to talk to me any type of way or talk to me crazy, and that's what it is. Because the players really don't be saying anything. All right. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.